Hello, welcome back to Forensic Friends. I'm your host, Shelly. And as usual, I am here with my forensically fascinated friend, Natalie. Hello. Should I tell the the bullshit thing that happened to me this week on the podcast? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to also be sharing my I'm not a phlebotomist <laughs> story, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sharing time. Mm-hmm. So on Monday, I took my break and like normally I like sitting in like a quiet room if i'm by myself because i was working evenings so like the usual people i take my break with like they were leaving by the time i took my break but today i was like i'm lazy so i just took my (laughs) break in like the main kind of open area in the hospital like it's it's a common area there's like some food places there but like there's a lot of patients and visitors and people like that walking by so i'm sitting there eating my Chili cheese fries. Don't judge me. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, healthy lunch. Very balanced. It was it was from Tim Hortons, so like that, that means makes up absolutely for it, right? nothing to me. <laughs> I don't know. It's vaguely healthier. I don't know. <laughs> we don't but have Tim Hortons, so I I wouldn't know. I think you guys do in select places. They just all suck. <laughs> like it has the brand, but not the like. What makes it Tim's, you know? Sure. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so this guy comes up to me. I'm assuming he was a patient, like he wasn't staff. Oh, we're telling this story. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I'm like watching YouTube videos. So I take out my earphones because sometimes people are asking for directions and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I usually can't help because I only know my little area of the hospital. But like, you know, it's still polite to take out my earphones when someone's talking to me and he just goes like i'm sorry to bother you i'm sorry this is like so weird but like i think you're beautiful and like i'm not trying to be weird or creepy or anything like i don't usually talk to girls i'm very shy so i'm like like it it's fine like i was kind of flustered because you know when someone calls you beautiful like that like it's like oh wow okay um (laughs) and it wasn't like like you know i've been hit on by dudes saying creepy shit right yeah like like nice ass or like someone walks by and just go damn you thick and i'm like i okay did i ask and i am not thick for you so i gave him i gave him a look and he was like "Eh, it's cool this was the thick guy and he walked away but this guy (laughs) so like he's saying how he's very he's very shy and like he doesn't only talk to girls and and like he's like is it okay if we chat like can i just get to know you i'm like sure like whatever right because he seemed a little awkward and like like the more we spoke the more i felt like maybe he was on the spectrum Mm. which i know is incredibly presumptuous of me because i have very little knowledge and experience with any of that like but you know enough to kind of understand like there are some indicators or well, like, to be fair, he did give you quite a lot of information that you don't typically give when you're... Yes. He gave me his whole life story, which I will not talk about publicly because even though he was fine with sharing it with a complete stranger, like, I'm not going to do that. But, like, you know, we were just kind of chatting. And, again, like, there were, there were things that made me think, like, he was 
not neurotypical. Like when he introduced himself, he gave like if you imagine like a dating profile bio, right? Like <laughs> name, maybe like something a bland about your- one or a good one. Like a bland one, like like a spiel. Mm. And he gave me that, and then we were chatting, and at some point we we started talking about like learning different languages and stuff. And there were people from the table across from us that were like, oh, I'm sorry, like, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but you're talking about, like, learning Chinese, and I was trying to learn Chinese. So then they started talking. So this guy turns to them and introduces himself in that exact same way with, like, that little bio kind of spiel, which is a very unusual way to... Yeah. So my break's over. Oh, he asked if he could, like, talk to me on Instagram. So I was like, sure, whatever. Like... I didn't really expect too much. He did ask for my number. And I'm like, no, let's just stick to Instagram. Partly because like, you know, I'm not I'm not a healthcare practitioner. I work in healthcare, but I still am kind of weird about like patient interaction Mm, because I don't work with patients. But it's like, you know what? Like, you know, social media is social media, right? Like, I'm not going to give him my personal contact information. But my social well, media is open. Again, you can try to find me if you really want. It's not that hard. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's private, then you don't have to do anything. Like, Yeah. But I will say, having people find my Instagram, there are some people I that make me wish my Instagram was private. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't really had that issue. I mean, again, like, this was one where, like, I was like, okay, this is my Instagram handle, right? So I go back to work, blah, blah, blah. I come home and I go to bed the next morning. I wake up. I see two messages from this guy. And I should point out that his Instagram had zero posts. He follows maybe like one person besides You didn't me. tell me that part. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks like a spam account. Yikes. Dylan went snooping and he's like, Ugh, what the hell? But I figure like, you know what? It might have just been like, you know how I use Facebook for nothing but Messenger? Like I have a Facebook because it's been around for so long and I used to use it, but I don't actually go on it anymore. So I figure maybe he's like he opened an Instagram account so that he could make friends and chat with them through that because it's an easy means of chatting without, again, giving away any personal information. So I get a message that was from about 3.30 a.m., which obviously I was asleep. And he said, like, something like, hope you have a good night. I'm going to bed now. I'm going through a lot with my life. And then a message in the morning, which was like, good morning. I, like, hope you slept well or something like that. So I just respond like, yeah, I I slept all right. Like, I hope, you know, things are good with you. And he. (laughs) Yeah, I slept all right. (laughs) Like, what do I, what do I say to that? Like, oh, I forgot to mention one detail. He gave me his name. I never gave him mine. Oh, yeah. That is important for later. <laughs> I'm really bad at introducing myself, apparently. Literally, I don't think I've introduced myself to anyone at work. They just found out my name somehow <laughs> and I- vice versa. <laughs> well, I will say that giving a bio of yourself might not be helpful. Right. But like, just if you want just, to improve your skills. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, he introduced himself and then we just jumped into a conversation. So, yeah, like, I don't think he I, I don't remember ever giving him my name and he's never addressed me by my name. So then 
after I respond back, he gives me like a quick fire of questions. Like he, he responds like, oh, no, things are not well with me. I'm going through a lot. And then he goes, are you working today? How was your breakfast? What did you have? And I'm like, oh, my God. And this is when I was like, oh, no. You know, it was kind yeah. of fine before. Like I knew he was like probably neuroatypical, but I I was like, you know what? Like it's not fair to be judging people just because they're not neurotypical, right? Well, I was like, gonna say because- neurotypical being non neurotypical can look like a lot of things. Yeah. Like I guess my gauge was just like, is this behavior that seems quote unquote normal or typical right to me so like i didn't i wasn't expect like i didn't think it was gonna be you know that so i started this was when i started screenshotting and telling everyone oh not everyone but like my friends like what went what happened and like how do i handle this because like, if this is going to continue, it like, you know, say I continue just conversing normally and I'm expected to report back on, like, what I had for breakfast and stuff. Like, my mom asks me that kind of shit and I can't stand it. So I'm not yeah, going to tolerate it from either. a stranger. Like, literally back in university, she would call me to check in on me and be like, so how was class? You know, the usual stuff in the class was fine. What did you learn today? Mother, I'm in university <laughs> for forensic science. You have never finished high school. I don't know what I'm going to tell you that you will understand. Especially trans- I just don't trying like- to translate it into Chinese. Well, it what did you have for dinner? It, yeah. Yeah. It, That's what my You know my mother. Like, you know, yeah. well, you don't know her, but you know her. <laughs> I know of her. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, again, I'm kind of chalking it up to just poor conversation skills like you know he's getting this idea like he wants to get to know me well how do you easily get to know someone i guess is just asking questions like okay yeah but there there are ways to do that without being ridiculous i know but again like like my gauge is gonna be different right because like i i like i it's not that i've never spoken to someone who's autistic or has Asperger's or whatever. But, like, I'm not aware of, like, all the characteristics of, like, the full spectrum. And it's different for everyone, too. Like, people have mm-hmm. different tics or different, like, personality differences, that kind of thing. Like, actually, one of my cousins in Australia, I think, actually is diagnosed with Asperger's. But, like, besides being slightly dorky, which, like, you could easily chalk it up to being slightly dorky. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm slightly dorky. (laughs) Yeah, like, there wasn't anything that would tell me on the spectrum. Like, I I wouldn't have known that. And, like, but conversely, other You're giving a lot of room for the conversation or, like... Yeah, like, I just, I didn't... If he says, like, he's told me he's very socially awkward, he doesn't really have much, like, support in his life, from what it sounds, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to turn him away from trying to make friends. Which, like, was my biggest thing was, like, it's not that I even wanted to, like, really become a friend to him. It's like, you know, if I if we become friends, we become friends. If not, I'm not going to be disappointed about it. But but you don't want to. Yeah. Like, I I didn't want to scare him off. Yeah. So everyone's like, nope, out of there and whatever. And I'm like, no, like, because explaining it in a text message 
is kind of different than seeing it from how I saw it, right? Mm -hmm. But then I think I just messaged back like, oh, like I'm, I don't know, I can't remember. I'm like, I'm sorry, like you're going through a lot. Like, you know, just small talk stuff, like work's really busy. And then somewhere in there, he messages me, I miss you. <gasps> that, Which, was, that was that was enough for me. Like, yeah. to be frank, a few more messages ahead of that was enough for me. But that was just like, <laughs> missed what? What part like, did, me did you miss? Run. Yeah, like, I said that to you early. Yeah, you did. You did. You were like, <laughs> nope the fuck out of there. And I was like, I should have. <laughs> I told I you to have. nope way before that too. <laughs> you did. But I'm, see, this is like, you know how I joke about being a bitch, but also like I'm really not. Like I, despite having had really shitty experiences with people, like I do try to give people a chance, I think. <laughs> And, like, again, I'm just, I'm talking about, like, he doesn't really understand how to make a, like, normal human connection, I guess, to make it sound well, really deep. To be fair, starting a connection with someone is very difficult, especially if you're mm -hmm. needing someone at that time in your life. It's very hard to find and make new connections without coming off as some kind of off. But. Right? Like, like <laughs> that's why I. I have trouble approaching people. Like, mm -hmm. if there's someone who I think I would really like to be friends with, like, I would just talk myself out of talking to them because I'm like, I'm going to seem weird. I'm going to seem awkward. But then there have been times when I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to make a funny comment. And it works. And I'm <laughs> like, why was I so worried? Yeah, but, but like, we all know that's not how social anxiety works or any kind of thing like that. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I would call it social anxiety quite there it's just anxiousness you know <laughs> well, any kind of anxiety just knowing yeah. that it's there doesn't mean it's going to stop yeah like anyway i basically bypassed that message afterwards he texted me can we talk and i'm like okay no i gotta draw a line there because like if you in person wanted to tell me your life story, that's your prerogative. Mm -hmm. And I can make a decision as to what to do with that and how to respond. But if you're sending it by text, which usually isn't really the best way. I don't know if he wanted to talk to me like voice, like voice call or something because he doesn't have my number. And I think you can video chat on Instagram. I don't know. But I'm like, hey, listen, like I'm totally cool with us chatting about other stuff. And, like, kind of getting to know each other. But, like, I'm not really comfortable talking about really personal things with someone that I don't really know. Mm -hmm. And he reads the message and doesn't text me for a while. So I'm like, okay, maybe, like, he took the hint or maybe he's, I don't know, whatever. And then sometime, I think it was the next day, he goes, hi, I need help looking for a place to live. Like a, like a, a rental. Like, even if it's temporary. And... Now, this is my mind maybe either reading all the red flags or just being ridiculous. I guess you be the judge. But I'm like, he better not be implying that I'm opening up my place. Like, he would like me to open up my place for him to live in. <laughs> because, mm. like, no. So I'm like, oh, sorry, I don't know anyone who's leasing. Maybe try Kijiji. And this is where he flipped out. 
Well, can I just say that you were giving that message even that much is very generous. Like, (laughs) you were a lot. So we joke and you're like, I'm a bitch. But see, I I mean, I I can be, though. (laughs) I usually am not like generally it takes a lot for me to get to a point of bitchiness. But with strangers and people who try to insinuate themselves into my life, I tend to be Mm -hmm. a little more guarded because Mm -hmm. I have been in your situation way too many Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was kind of still trying to give him benefit of the doubt because he didn't have my number. He didn't even have my name. He didn't have any of that information. So I was like, I can still keep him at a distance if this gets out of hand. I've had too many people find way too much about me just from social media. Yeah, I never post about like exactly where I live or I mean, he knows where I work, I guess. I don't anymore. I used to. Like I said, there's a reason why I don't tolerate this stuff anymore. Yeah, no, I'm I'm maybe a bit more paranoid than you were until you've had too many experiences. Like I've I've already reached that point where I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) even when I post roller skating videos, like I'm worried about. Like, but you can't really recognize the streets because it's so cookie cutter suburbia that it could be literally (laughs) any other suburban area in this entire province, probably. It literally took my last ex-boyfriend to make me scared of the Internet because I found out later that from the very beginning, he had Googled a whole bunch of shit. A whole bunch. Oh, Ooh. God, that's terrifying. I mean, I think if you Google me, you might find my Prezi presentations from university. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> there's that. Maybe my LinkedIn or something. <laughs> well, I mean, my information is out there if you're looking for it. It's just the degree to which he was looking for it ahead of time. Yeah. Is- what do I get if I... Sus. Oh, yeah, I have my, my... The first thing that comes up is LinkedIn. Second Yeah, is see, that's how he got Facebook. a lot from me. And third is Prezi. Fourth is this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, like, again, I'm I'm very careful about what I put online. That's why, like, if you're going to try to find dirt on me, it's going to be hard because... I don't think I'm particularly shitty <laughs> or problematic, but also like I'm very conscious about being able to find shit on the internet. So like, I don't know. I think I think you could, if you wanted to make fun of me, there's definitely stuff to make fun of me for. <laughs> there's not a lot of dirt you're gonna uncover, but definitely like just cringy photos from yeah. high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, go ahead. You can make fun of me. It's yeah, fine. that's fine. That's fine. I'm not ashamed, but I also am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but everybody has weird pictures from high school or, or their early yeah. 20s that they would rather not be found, but they're there. Like, yeah. my sister sent me a picture that I wish was scrubbed from the internet, but nothing <laughs> is scrubbed from the internet. I was cleaning and I had wrapped, uh, I don't know what I wrapped around the lower portion of my face. Uh-huh. And... My sister had made a comment like we looked like ninjas and I I was like lols and said that in the picture (laughs) (laughs) that we were cleaning and we looked like ninjas and I'm like oh dear. It's 
There's a picture of me on Facebook in university. I was recoloring my hair. This was when I had the pink hair, so I had to do it pretty often. So I had, like, Mm -hmm. a shower cap on for the dye to sit. Like, it was manic panic, so I just let it sit for, like, ages until I felt like getting into the shower. And I had, I was in my pajamas. I had a shower cap on. I think I had, like, a massive fleece sweater on because it was obviously cold. It was winter. And it's not a very flattering photo. And one of my roommates took it and put it on Facebook and tagged me in it. And I'm like, thanks. I do hate that when your friends put up a picture and you look yeah. horrendous. Thanks a lot. Great. Yeah. I don't, I generally, like, well, like, if I take a picture with someone, we'll look through it together. And if they say, can you please delete this one? Like, I'll just delete it. I'll joke about posting it, but I don't actually, because, like, I will not post pictures of someone without their consent, yeah. adult or child. So, but anyway, getting back to this dude. So, oh yes, fun, during, fun time. <laughs> during our initial conversation in the like common area in the hospital, he had mentioned that he's always had bad luck with rentals because the landlords turn out to be like really shitty. Like the places are advertised as being much nicer than they are, which is like a lot of the times that is the case. And I guess he said he was on Kijiji, but like. It could have been Craigslist. It could have been a myriad of any other ad sites that, like, I'm, I don't remember. And I don't even know what Kijiji is. I just let the story It must be a Canadian thing. But you know what Craigslist is, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. So, like, it's, like, personal ads. So you can put out, like, places to rent, things to sell, like, old shit to sell. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) When you told me... About Kijiji, I or like when you sent me the messages, I was like, "Is this a weird racist thing?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what why it's called that, but like, it it's just yeah, like it's a it's an ad site, so you can find like odd jobs, like or like if oh you're looking for someone to mow my lawn or whatever, mm-hmm. or like you know selling my old couch because I'm moving that kind of thing. Craigslist, just under a different company, I guess, but like. Like, I I remembered he told me that he didn't like the landlords, but, like, I didn't think that it was a particular site that was an issue because in my mind, I'm like, they're all, landlords are all shitty. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I you're mean, a landlord. That, they can be, but, like, the nature of the job is that they can't really be personal because they're protecting themselves because they might have to kick you out of their property. Like, yeah. <sighs> It's, well, I mean, there's also, like, a power imbalance, which I think is mm-hmm. really the issue. But, you know, we're not going to get into that. But he he flipped out on me. He's like, I already told you on the first day. I've been on Kijiji for years. You don't you don't even care. Like, you don't care about me because I'm not important to you. And, and I'm like, dude, we have spoken for half an hour. You don't even know my name. It's incredibly toxic of you to, like, he literally, like, showered me with compliments when we first met. Like, he even said to one of the random people joining the conversation, like, oh, I just love her smile. And, like, and then because I made, I forgot, like, a little thing, like, because I wasn't, you know, jumping at the chance to help you. And he's like, well, take it how you want to see it. Something, something. His English is a little not quite there, he says. It's, like, his third language. I'm I everything that he told me I took with like like three bags of salt right because I again 
I don't know this guy. Yeah, so, like, I I just responded. This is when my snarkiness was starting to come out. And I'm like, here's some advice, because I do want you to have good influences in your life. It's not going to be me. But, like, don't, you know, expect unconditional and perfect support from someone that you've just met. No. Don't, like, don't hold it against someone like it's the worst, like they just murdered your mother and your unborn child all in one go just because they forgot a minor significant detail. He's like, I remember everything about you. I'm like, I doubt that. Yeah, um, like what? Like what? And How I even my eyes look under the light. Like, what do you remember? My exactly? eyes are fake anyway. I'm wearing colored contacts. <laughs> and like, like, yeah, I, I should have just been like, like, what? Like, do you know what my favorite color is? Do you know what my favorite food is? Do you know the name of one of my best friends? Do you even know my like job position? Because like, do you I'm know my name? <laughs> Your <Right>? name? <laughs> Yeah, and I think he just ended up blocking me. So I'm like, well, that solved itself. Hilarious. He blocked you. Okay. Yeah, but it's like, it's hard because, you know, we're told, and I think also especially as women, but also in general, like we're told don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a person just because they might seem a little weird. They could end up being like really awesome and really amazing and like, you know, maybe one of the best people you've ever met. That's bull. Okay, that is bull. That is such bullshit. I know women Trust are told your to be kind. Well, no, women are told to be kind at all costs. You don't know what kind of person you're talking to. You know what you're saying? That's saying that I don't know if a potential person I'm talking to is going to be a good mate for me. Excuse me. If or just the person I'm talking like a serial to, killer. <laughs> yeah. Ex- if I'm talking to someone and they are rude, give off red flags, are inappropriate, mm-hmm. and I say no, I don't care if he's King Midas. Yeah, okay? the thing the thing is, like, it's it's easier when that person is outright just rude. It's not, I'm yeah. not saying, like, don't judge a book by its cover, like, you know, if you see someone who's all tatted up with, like, is it called ear gauges? Like, the gauge piercings? And <laughs> gauges, whatever. yeah. Just gauges. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Because we were talking (laughs) about gauges anyway. But like, I just, like, I didn't want, I didn't want to be like, oh, this guy's a little odd. It's a huge nope. It's like, he might be a little odd, but he could be a genuinely very kind person. Like, I wasn't interested in him besides, like, you know, maybe being friendly. But besides that, like, I didn't, like, I was trying not to judge a book by its cover. Guy seems a little odd, but not threatening or, you know, manipulative. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we are 30 that, minutes uh, in and we just got past yeah. my story. Yes, I will say that I have a red flag that would have ended the conversation with him immediately. I don't do good morning texts. For a very I... specific reason, I will not do good morning texts because especially if they are asked or demanded for, it's it. That is it. Mm. The conversation is over. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't care. Again, if you have 
a Ferrari or if you live in a trailer, I'm done talking to you. Like I've, I've mentioned, I think I told you this, like it sounds like he was told how to pick up girls or how to manipulate women, but like given a very brief step-by-step without understanding the nuances of human behavior. Oh, but even that, that's enough for me to say I don't want. Because (laughs) (laughs) I did not want. But I was like, again, he maybe he's just a little odd. Maybe he thinks he's being sweet. Like I know I I like it sounds like I really gave him way too much benefit of the doubt, which I maybe did, but like I said, I knew like I kept him at a distance. He doesn't really know much about me. I didn't like I mentioned I wasn't from the area that we were like the hospital is in. And I gave him, like, a false area that I live near um, <laughs> rather than actually even telling him, like, where, like, for a lot, of, like, my coworkers will be like, oh, where are you driving in from? I'll tell them. I don't care. But this guy, I was like, it could go either way. He could just be a little odd or he could be a serial killer. <laughs> well, uh, there's no in between. Reminds- <laughs> that gives me an idea. Maybe. So. A while back, I was going to do forensic psychology, like talking about stuff that way, Mm -hmm. because psychology is something I'm pretty secure with my knowledge and experience with, Mm -hmm. at least on some levels. But maybe we should have (laughs) all the red flags that maybe (laughs) the forensic red flags that you might perhaps be meeting someone dangerous or you just don't want to be around. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of forensic psychology. A little, a little bit, a little bit. (laughs) Will they abuse you? Hmm? That's forensic. (laughs) Yes. The only will they manipulate you into stealing things? That's also forensic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Do we have time for your story? My story, honestly, my story is, (laughs) I'm not even going to give context. (laughs) My story is that if you're going to give someone syringes and shots to give at home, mayhaps give detailed instructions so that a a 21-gauge needle is not used to draw the medicine which is the smaller of the two and then an mm-hmm. 18 gauge which is larger is used to put a hole in someone so that i yeah i i am a phlebotomist now i'm professional come to me for all of your shot needs i will put but a hole phlebotomists in you. don't give shots we just take blood that's Shh. what it means phlebotomy is literally the same thing it's a cutting vein it's the same thing it goes no. in your veins somehow. It gets to your veins eventually. <laughs> sure, Natalie. <laughs> should at this point should I say not a doctor? Is that clear enough? <laughs> <laughs> not a medical professional in case somehow you thought I was. I don't know how. <laughs> I mean, I I Let's just move on <laughs> before. <laughs> well, one day I'll be a certified naturopath, naturopath, whatever. You can have the, you, is yeah, but that's not what you're called. Like naturopath. 
Yes, that. For Dr. some reason, I can't say it. I won't. I won't have to say it. I won't have to say it. It'll be on the wall. So. <laughs> but, you know, by then I'll be fine poking people. Can you imagine not being able to pronounce your own field? <laughs> what do you do? I work in natural medicine. I don't see the problem. <laughs> it, I did it. It's fine. It's the same thing. I work in natural medicine. I didn't lie. Yes. I'm a doctor of natural medicine. Still didn't lie. Yes. I'm a traditional medicine practitioner. Still didn't lie. <laughs> what if you had to read your actual licensing? <laughs> Here's my card. <laughs> I was going to say just do it slowly. Here's my card. That's that's how you say my profession. Here's my card. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, am I? See, it works. <laughs> but speaking of my professional credentials, mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about forensic mental health assessments, which okay. I was really excited about until Great I segue. realized. <laughs> yes. <laughs> speaking of evaluating people and their their capacity. Mm hmm. This is why we did the whole section on the insanity defense, because I thought forensic psychologists, for some reason, had a special set of assessments or a certain maybe fast track way of evaluating. Because a lot of times when you have someone, especially when you're having to do a forensic evaluation, you're not going to be evaluating someone that you have extensive work with. You mm -hmm. have to make kind of a quick judgment. and. I would say quick, even if it's a few hours, that giving someone a diagnosis or a possible diagnosis in the period of hours can be, that that's still quick. Yeah. Well, because normally my understanding is like you, it's not ideal to not get a full understanding of that person and their history. Because when it comes to not necessarily diagnosis but mental like mental health evaluations yeah like because i worked in insurance right and mm. getting psych treatment is a part of your coverage if you're yeah. injured or involved in a car accident and it's very tricky to look at those because and like you know i was technically on the insurer side but having some knowledge of psychology at a university level, I was very like skeptic, skeptic, skeptic. <laughs> skeptical, skeptical. I don't know why I tripped up on that word. I think like my teeth stuck together or something. I mean, honestly, this episode and frankly, a lot of our episodes are just one of us being able to pronounce things that the other can't for some reason. Like, <laughs> usually <laughs> I'm the one that can't. <laughs> English is oh, my well. third language. It's until you pull out nat naturopath, naturopath, naturopath. I can there do you it. Go. The, why it feels so weird? It does not feel like a word. Okay, I had to spell. Also, <laughs> like I don't know. My I think my like teeth stuck together or my tongue stuck <laughs> to the roof of my mouth. I don't know what happened there. I can normally say it. It just. Yeah, well, <laughs> but yes. So 
because you can't do uh, when you were taking are talking about doing or at least looking in psychology in reference to insurance claims that's actually part of mm-hmm. the reason why insurance claims get really complicated there's a lot of nuance that goes into a particular psychological diagnosis so yeah and unfortunately a lot of the time it literally ends up being boiled down to like one self-answered <sighs> questionnaire yes Yes. It it can literally be one answer to a single question that can qualify you or disqualify you sometimes with insurance. Yeah. Well, it's like it's tricky because of the way that like coverage works here. Like I'm not going to get into it. Obviously, I also don't want to because (laughs) (gasps) nobody wants to. Nobody wants to. (laughs) But like a lot of times what they do, like what your lawyer might tell you is go and get treatment Mm. and it'll show the insurer that you need it and then the insurer will send you to their own examiners who are supposed to be objective but like that's the problem right there (laughs) and you have two sides yeah there's two sides saying completely different things and both sides are sketchy af like there Mm -hmm. is no right and wrong because on the like the claimant side, I've seen some real sketchy shit, some really weird, like, really, what were you trying to get away with? But mm-hmm. then on the insurer side, I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, why? Like, this obvious, like, this doesn't line up. So it's it's shitty on both sides. And with the psychological stuff, first of all, it's already harder for most people to get, like, an understanding because, like we've said, psychology is a pretty new field. Like, it's not new, but, like, it is. <laughs> I mean, we still don't understand everything about psychology and how the mind works. And when you're talking about insurance specifically and car accidents, it's kind of the same problem. You're talking to someone who's already in duress. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that can be very different depending on that person's background, that person's personality, mm-hmm. and it, it's very unpredictable. So yeah. when you're evaluating like you have, someone. Yeah, like you have people who, like you and I, we tend to downplay stuff. Yes. Which like gets even more confusing when you're very self-aware and you're like, no, I do tend to downplay stuff. But like, is that downplay Right now, stuff? I'm... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a paradox. Just <laughs> I do that having chronic pain. I have many times. That's why I talk to Emma. Like sometimes we've had this conversation. I need to use her as a gauge because I know I tend to downplay things, but then mm. I get in this hole where I'm like, I'm just I'm just complaining for no reason. But... Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, continue. <laughs> yes. The crux of the matter is that in an ideal situation you would be asked to evaluate someone who had already had psychological treatment if necessary. So Mm -hmm. you have both that information to draw on their history and what you're observing under duress. So Mm -hmm. those ridiculously written stories from all the, (laughs) (laughs) those cursed stories, cursed examples from the insanity plea episodes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> what they didn't, what they didn't, they kind of got into it, but they were not executing in their articulation as well as they should have. That 
you have what you know of the person and then you're having what you're they're exhibiting right now Mm -hmm. and so there was one girl who they said killed her attacked someone because her sweater was in the parking lot some stupid shit like that right (laughs) i just remember (laughs) cashmere sweater the the most random whatever. Oh, she wanted to go, like cut her hair or something, or oh yeah, oh, no, she cut no, no, that no. girl's hair. Oh yeah, it was this girl who was it? She was like a sorority girl who thought her sorority sisters were like out to get her, and she wanted to yes show them what's what by cutting off the hair. And then the one yes. girl tripped and like like oh tore yeah, her she wetter yes, and so she and felt so she bad. spared her, huh? She spared her. So you're talking about someone who is very upset and angry, but she forgave someone because their cashmere sweater got ripped or she like let them pass. It, regardless of the fact that that is a horrible example, <laughs> a terrible example. No kidding. Kind of. Kind <laughs> of gives a window into the psychological state. Because if you're saying if you are overwhelmed and you couldn't control your actions but you controlled that one mm-hmm. you know you're looking at these kinds of things and in that one particular event it's hard to understand a potential disorder that would have shown other problems or symptoms during other stages of life so yes there are investigations that are done but when you're talking about like criminal proceedings, you don't really have 20 years of someone working on a cold yeah. case every time to go evaluate someone. So, yeah. Like when we listen to, or we being everyone who listens to true crime, <laughs> when we listen to people talk about the profile or all of these actions that indicate or seem to indicate someone's psychological state, that's like, years of work from multiple people compiled together because it's a high mm-hmm. priority or high what's also the i should point profile out, case i should point out that like the idea of a criminal profile is it really leans more on like pseudoscience Yes, but I'm talk. I just yeah. Mentioned I know that. you. You're talking about like actually looking at someone and looking at their background and drawing conclusions mm-hmm. from their actual documented behavior. But like, th- we're probably going to do an episode on this. I just have to find. I don't know if I I have those notes anymore because like I I mentioned I lost a bunch of my notes right from I think everything from fourth yeah. year. But it's just like I don't know. It bothers me when people are like. Bloodstain pattern analysis isn't a real science, but criminal profiles are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- there's a whole big problem with that, yes. But uh, I particularly mention it because when you're listening to forensic or like true crime podcasts, usually the profile is mentioned. So I just wanted to be clear that when you hear those, that is an amalgamation of a ton of information from Mm -hmm. a lot of sources that are not necessarily available in everyday criminal proceedings it's not it's not sherlock holmes drawing these random jumps of logic yeah (laughs) based on a single glimpse at a defendant right it's this psychiatrist this teacher from fourth grade this ex-partner this thing they did in high school 
mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. So yeah, I, I thought that that would necessitate some kind of expedient or adapted, I guess you could say, evaluation, and it's really not the case. Hmm. So it is a very difficult, like I said, that was all to say that trying to diagnose or confirm someone's current psychological state or any way that it's kind of pertinent to this case, so potentially prior history, is a very difficult thing to get to. Mm -hmm. The evaluation in some ways is, is typical, but that doesn't mean it's easy. That's probably a good way to say it. Okay. Like, so I have a mental health assessment. A mental health ass- assessment. Oh my god! English. A forensic. <laughs> did your Did your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth too? No, that's my t- my tongue to my teeth. Assessment. 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 Forensic mental health assessment. This is a report to the Circuit Court, Chapter Nine, Sixteen, Part Two, Florida Statutes. Oh, Florida for funsies. <laughs> I mean, not a lot of this is as fun as saying it's from Florida would indicate, <laughs> but <laughs> this is a assessment form or what necessarily would be, or what it would contain, because an assessment can be many, 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 many pages long. So mm-hmm. what makes it up is what I'm looking at, you know, the defendant, their sex, their date of birth, marital status, race and ethnicity, case number or numbers, and related charges. Mm-hmm. Well, this is not um exactly the most up to date modern form. Very binary <laughs> standard. <laughs> not that inclusionary statement. We'll just we'll just say that. But then the second part of the report contains referral and service information. So this is the judges who referred the case, the state attorney, everyone okay. involved in that, the current, and then the, it also contains a current evaluator. So if I was evaluating my name, degree, title, which I guess I could not put C business card. <laughs> <laughs> but you can type it. And that true, does not true. require any kind of pronunciation. True. Also, this, this is not, not, that di- this is not a dictated report. Pronunciation is spelled pronunciation, so I guess it's technically supposed to be pronounced pronunciate, but like- I say pronounce- oh, pronounce- oh my god, you just said it and now I can't. And I say pronunciate. Yeah, I say pronunciate. I'd say pronunciate because you pronounce things. And also, English is my third language, and I used to- I used to say calculator as calculator, so like, there's that. Oh god. I Look. only say things wrong if I've read them because dyslexia incorrectly. No, I Which just... happened with this particular plant called astragalus root that I called astralagus root for a really long time. <laughs> and I still have to think about it. But yeah, so this is not a dictated report. So true, I could have typed it. Anyway, date or dates <laughs> of evaluation, the date of the report and then general findings. So, incompetent to proceed. Insan- insanity opinion is included in here, which, like, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> insanity opinion. Please put that in the second part of your report. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Like you so, said, outdated. 
Yeah, it's a it's a mental health assessment form, but it clearly is not written by mental health professionals because there's no way an actual mental health professional would say, here's my opinion on insanity. <laughs> Especially because as we've already established, <sighs> insanity is not, like, it's not a, a threshold. It's not no. a diagnosable thing. Like, insanity <laughs> is Nowhere. a legal term. Nowhere in the DSMV will you find it as a diagnosis. Now, can I speak to all of the DSMs? No, I cannot. Maybe but the DSM five, possibly. If DSM one was like in the eighteen hundreds, I don't know. Let me a disease just... of the mind. DSM. History. Oh no, no, that's not what it said. What was that? It wasn't disease of the mind. It was something super insulting. And the ones we read. Mental. Defect. Defect. Defect of the mind. Oh, did they not have a DSM one? (laughs) What? They just skipped a three? Like, it just, no, it it goes five, four, and then three. And then this is the American Psychiatric Association. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, it's legit. And you can also buy a copy of the DSM five if you so choose. It's it's quite thick. And It, it looks very thick. Thick with two C's. It's also <laughs> two hundred and ten U.S. dollars, which yes. I guess well, that's kind of standard textbook price, though. D- it's guess. stupid. Okay, it's stupid. Yeah, it is. It's just like it's not outstandingly expensive compared to the other outstandingly <laughs> expensive texts. Anyway, yes. So this, the third section, is what will probably be extremely long if you're lucky it's the sources of information so in i don't know why they're asking their mental health professionals to do this level of work because it's something i would think that investigators would do but i understand hopefully this is provided to someone and they didn't have to go after this themselves yeah but it includes any interview or reviewed information from psychological testing, review of arrest reports, and other third-party documents such as depositions, medical records, criminal justice records, or school records, interviews with others such as family members, arresting officers, jail staff, treating healthcare professionals. And I do know that that second part is conducted by the evaluating health professional. A lot of these are, I think, things that they could... I I don't know if subpoena is the right term because i've forgotten a lot of my legal terminology but it's like it it's i think it a is part of it's a part of the evidence so like i don't know exactly how it works in a criminal court but like in a civil court since you know i have some experience like they would just send out these requests to all your different health practitioners and and stuff and then those people would just send the law firm all this stuff Obviously, in a civil case, it's like all the legal assistants who have to look through all this stuff and make sense of it. <laughs> but like, I, well, I do know that a good evaluator, at least, will conduct interviews with as many family members as they can. Just call and see if they can get someone to talk to them. They do talk to arresting officers, jail staff, and any other past healthcare professionals because. At least if they haven't been completely jaded by the system and hate everything, <laughs> you're <laughs> you're there to see, like, it's your job 
to make sure that this person gets the care in jail or whatever needs to happen that they need. If they don't need care, then that you want to make sure they don't get overly medicated or mm-hmm. sent somewhere where they don't belong. And if they do need care, you want to make sure they're not put in with the general populace. They're given medication they need, that they're giving attention and other things that they need as well. So you're coming at this where you need and would want as much information as humanly possible. Yeah. I mean, you could be, if anyone's listening to Dr. Death and everything that can go wrong with <laughs> medical professionals who don't actually care about taking care of people oh man most people do most people do and they don't get talked about enough the people who manage to get through their careers of 40 years without killing patients on purpose (laughs) (laughs) allegedly let's not get sued here natalie well he was convicted do i have to say allegedly I, i don't i don't remember was he yes oh it's been a while since i listened to that podcast so uh, well, both seasons, both seasons have people who are convicted. There's two seasons. Mm-hmm. The oh. second season just came out, which is why I mentioned it because oh. I had just listened to it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, they're both convicted. I'm pretty sure I don't have to say allegedly. Okay. Fine. We won't get sued. Fine. That's great. Come at me if you are the doctors who are currently in jail. <laughs> Do I have a lawyer? Kind of. (laughs) That better not be me. (laughs) No, it's my lawyer for my disability case. Is that helpful to me? Not particularly, but I do have a lawyer, so. (laughs) Sorry, it's so funny. Okay, I get to make fun of your accent because you make fun of mine. But whenever you say lawyer, it just sounds like you say liar. Lawyer. It's a law. Lawyer. 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 Leave me alone. I'm from Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) Just be grateful I don't say roof and (laughs) uh, and wash. I could say wash. Say what? Thank you very much. Wash. What's that supposed to be? Wash. Oh. You're welcome. Now you know. What what region of the world says it like that? Genuine question. Oh. Not everyone, but it is very common. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, just be grateful for the mostly neutral accent that I have. Yes, but you make neutral fun of American. the way, You make fun of the way I say sorry fine (laughs) it's just because it's so stereotypical (laughs) i don't say a that's true it's literally like the one thing everyone makes fun of canadians for saying and you say it and that's what i find funny and no it's just because no one one says a boot no one says a boot i don't understand that's not true that's not true does it just sound like a boot to you because of relative pronunciations or Probably. That's probably the case. But by listening to CBC podcasts, I can say that people do say that. I think I think it's just because you're too American for 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 (laughs) that you hear (laughs) for the Quebec podcast. (laughs) I will say that people who are in Quebec, their accents tend to be very perplexing to me. 
<laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> Before this becomes the forensics of accents. <laughs> Before people from Quebec hate us. <laughs> All I said it was perplexing. I didn't say it was bad. It's just I don't exactly understand the purpose of anything. So... <laughs> Or the influence. It doesn't sound French. It doesn't sound. I don't understand what I'm hearing. It's French. It's my fault. There it's my fault. French. I said, not to me. We. T I said this is a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> People in Quebec are fine. It's just when I hear someone who is from Quebec on the CBC podcast, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the regular CBC podcast people. Okay. Just, oh. And, <laughs> well, there's one guy who only sounds like his accent gets thicker when he talks to someone else who has that accent. And oh. that's very interesting to me. He's I all like, I am a prod. I am a presenter i speak in neutral canadian and then gets around people in quebec and it's just gone <laughs> like <laughs> you know what? i can kind of see it happening because like i find sometimes with certain coworkers, like especially because i have a vietnamese coworker and she has a like stronger vietnamese accent i swear my words start sounding a little bit more like her like my accent starts sounding a little bit more <laughs> like hers when i'm talking with her and i don't i think it's just because like that's an accent that's very familiar to me. And you just well, kind I mean, of that start... is something I did when I was tutoring people who spoke English. Like it is actually something that helps when needed. Okay. And also, like I remember when I was young, we went to Australia. It was for a while. Like we stayed there for a while because we have a lot of family there. Like my mom's most of my mom's family is there. And I started having like an Australian twist to my words and I I wasn't even <laughs> conscious of it until my cousins were like, you're saying that weirdly now. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's like a really bad Australian accent. I'm like, it's because it's your fault. <laughs> we're not going to talk about why exactly I know this, but it is a very big joke in Singapore that there are some people when they go on vacation, they come back with an accent that because <laughs> because having a british accent in singapore you're kind of seen as like atas it's like like snobby a little bit okay like yeah it's it's a thing okay and you have your friend like they'll speak in singlish and then go to england or something for vacation <laughs> and come back like this and it's it's a really it's a really big joke in Singapore, where you start picking up the accent, like, oh, I'm educated. <laughs> Dude, you went you went to London for two weeks. Go away. <laughs> like, but yeah, it, it's a fun, it's a good, big joke in Singapore. I know too much about Singapore for a reason. It, it, yeah. Wait, no, we've talked about it on here. Yes. You date a Singaporean, you find out about Singapore. That's how it works. <laughs> anyway, and that is relevant, I suppose, to knowing my history, is which is the next second <laughs> in the next portion of this report. <laughs> oh. I am the queen of segues. Lols. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> Self-professed. Allegedly the queen of... <laughs> I think we're starting to lose our minds, so I think we re we need to go okay, on before okay, okay, this okay, drags okay. on for five hours. 
Yes. 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 Relevant history is the next section. Oh, I'm using the the mouse that is attached to the Mac, which is recording, but my information is on the other computer. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. I've okay. definitely done that. <laughs> like why isn't it working (laughs) yeah i was like hello i'm using the mouse (laughs) why are you not moving you try to unplug it plug it back in (laughs) struggles i hope that the sound for me better is better this week if you're listening because the changing computers happened so the second one Section five of the report is current clinical presentation behavioral observations. So before you even get Mm. to the present data, that you have all that nonsense before. So this is, if you're familiar at all with mental health evaluations, this is standard. You're going to be looking at descriptions of grooming or like you're going to be giving your descriptions of the grooming, hygiene you observed, cooperation. Did they want to talk to you? Did they make eye contact? How did they respond? That does sound familiar, actually. From the yes, um, this the insurance stuff. Yeah, so that might be something we can talk about later. But from a forensic psychology standpoint, it is standard at this point. So you're going to did they slouch? Did they have? Mm-hmm. How was their physical physical communication? That's not the word I want, but I mean, are they having? Yeah, like visual cues or physical cues. Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. Anyway, but you're also going to be observing their recent and remote capacities of memory. Do you remember what happened when whatever criminal thing went on? Do you remember when you were arrested, possibly? Or do you remember when this thing happened? What year is it? Blah. Right. Just blah. Regular stuff like that. Just I mean, there are many ways you can establish if someone is aware of present time or not. Yeah. So speech, their thought process, is it easy for them? Are they answering your question easily or are they confused a lot? Things like that. Their mood, their affect, which is like their face. Like, do they have a lot of expression, no expression, overly expression? Are they overwhelmed? That stuff. Are they exhibiting or reporting suicidal or homicidal ideation and planning? Hallucinations, delusions, insight, judgment. Hallucinations is auditory and Uh, visual hallucinations and Mm -hmm. yeah there are a lot of things that you look like you look like there are a lot of things you look at when you're evaluating someone's psychological state that aren't just actions or the things that happened in this case that you're evaluating for yeah and i think it's also kind of important to note like like we've heard stories fictional or not of people trying to fool like psychology professionals by acting in a certain way and like you went through like this huge list of stuff that they're looking at right not just for like completion sake but also that huge list helps people who actually know what they're doing like actual psychology professionals not us under like see well, maybe cons- inconsistencies maybe I, yeah i'll do that next time i'll talk about like what that really means okay like for me, that is, I know what you're looking for and what that could mean, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily common knowledge. So when you're looking at all these things, it's not like they're asking. So if I were to go and do an evaluation, which I can't, but if I was going to go do an evaluation, I'm not saying, do you brush your teeth two times a day? <laughs> like that's, yeah. 
that's not how it works. <laughs> and <laughs> when you go to see a psychologist, that's not how it works. You don't know, but they are looking at that. Yeah. How, how are you dressed? Is it appropriate to the weather? Is it, are you always wearing long sleeves and also holding your forearms? Are you trying to hide a mark or self-harm things? Do you only wear long pants instead of shorts, which can also be a big indicator of either some self-esteem or self-harm scars you're trying to hide. Like mm -hmm. little things like that. People scratching your neck or like rubbing your neck a lot. Things like we can talk about that and how it would look in a forensic or like a crime perspective as well, kind of like tells and things like that. Yeah. Or just things that look like red flags that regular people or people who aren't in this field or haven't been in this field might not catch. Mm-hmm. And like, because for me, I do, I do notice in my everyday life people doing anything like that. I notice well, too much sometimes. Because <laughs> you're already kind of aware of like those things, but like yes. a lot of it is it's subconscious, right? Like it's an unconscious thing mm -hmm. that people do that they don't actually realize are doing. Like I fidget a lot, for example, and like I am aware that I fidget a lot. Only because, like, I'll look, like, if I'm eating fast food and I have, like, a straw wrapper, like, that thing's going to get torn up. And, like, the reason I know that I do it is because I look down and, oh, my God, it's all torn up. But when I'm doing yeah. it, I'm not thinking about it. So it's the same as, like, certain things. And, and like, I think we did talk about, very briefly, that video we both watched about Jennifer Pan. Mm. Um, yes. And the interrogation. And there was... Something now, obviously, this was like the police interrogation, so it wasn't from psych professionals, but a lot of detectives will have some knowledge in psychology for obvious reasons. Well, I think they're they're trained. The people who do interrogations are trained in some cues, whether yeah. it's verbal or physical. So they do get some at least maybe not cursory, but pertinent intermediate level. Yeah, like, like stuff that would be relevant to them for what they're yes. doing. But there was something that I thought was really interesting because this was like basically the recording, like a, a video recording of the interrogation. And there was one part where they left her alone in the room to get something. And someone like closed the door really loudly outside and she had like a startle reflex. Oh, that I think that's what reflex. they called it. Yeah, which mm -hmm. is like, which I. I mean, to me, it makes like it's kind of it makes sense. Like if you're in a high stress situation, then little things like that. Well, even if you're not in a high stress situation, like little things like that will make you like jump and startle. Um, well, to be to be honest and to be or at least to be fair, if that behavior was the only behavior she exhibited, I would say that that was attributed to her actions incorrectly. That one in particular, because. What do you mean? I would expect. I it was. To me, so like it was attributed incorrectly, not observed incorrectly. Oh. Like, yes, that start that is a startle reflex. That's yeah. fine. But well, I'm saying they applied that knowledge to her actions in a way that I necessarily didn't really agree with. Well, but did you are you it was talking in about context. the second part? Because because she did it again, but her reaction was very oh. delayed. So in the first part, they were like, this seems normal. Like, she's oh, obviously oh, oh. in a high-stress situation, and she was startled. Yes. But then later on, 
like I can't remember if it was the same interview or if it was still within that first it was interview. This- but they did I don't think this- it was the first one. I don't remember. It like it was a very long video. <laughs> yeah. But either way, like the same thing happened, right? The officer had mm-hmm. to leave the room to do something or whatever, and she's left there mm-hmm. alone. And again, like a door outside slams. And she did the startle reflex again, but it was very delayed compared to the first one. It was like she ha- like kind of had to remember. And that was one of those hints where it's like what you're observing is not lining up with the other things that you are learning about this person. I will probably have to like I'd probably have to look at it again, but I will say that. The things I guess we'll talk about in two weeks (laughs) that you look at, it's very, 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 very difficult to fake a lot of these things. Well, that's why they caught it, right? Because the first time was probably real. Because, like, she, like, there's no way you're not in a high stress situation, even if this was a planned thing, right? Like, you're being interrogated by the police. That's yeah, and that is extremely stressful. But also, the reason I had some qualms with why they were saying she was having a startle reflex mm-hmm. is that if she had been telling the truth, mm-hmm. and her parents, she had heard her parents get killed, or at least her mother get killed, mm-hmm. you're going to have a very well. You're not going to. It is highly likely that any kind of noise or something you don't expect happening, you're gonna have a startle reflex. That is significant trauma. Yeah. Well, it's like even if you think of it on a very mundane thing, playing a horror game or watching a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Like the atmosphere builds that tension. You're not traumatized, I hope, but (laughs) you're already primed to react. Right. And that's the thing with like if and I, I do also think like even though I don't. I, I'm not convinced that she was even faking it the first time. I don't think she was. That's why yeah. I'm saying I think it was attributed incorrectly. Okay. Yeah, because like, like I said, you can have that. You can. Have you never had someone step out in front of you suddenly and you're like, Jesus fucking. Oh, my God. That reminds me of something <laughs> that happened at work. <laughs> oh, my God. Cause, but I mean, the, to, to stay because we're trying to wrap this up like I. Or, like, to get through this, they said that she was, it was indicating some kind of subterfuge, that she was trying to. I don't mm, think that was the impression that I, I don't think I, that was what they said to me, at least. It sounded more mm. like they were just explaining, like, here you see her do this, and this is what a startle reflex is. They Mm. didn't, I didn't think they implied that she was faking it, it was only. In the second time, when they were like, and here oh, you no, see her. Oh, no, not that she was faking it. Oh. No, they they said, that they used it as an indication that she was lying. Like, because I, she's startled, she knows that she's trying to keep up some kind of pretext. Uh, I'm not sure if you're remembering the same thing I'm remembering or if I'm remembering Probably the same not. thing you're remembering. Because I don't remember they said, like, this is indication of her lying. And they just said, this is what the startle reflex is. When you're in a state of stress or trauma, you can very easily, like, things startle you. It's not the same wording, but it was much better wording. Since 
since this is, I guess, our mutual frame of reference or something we've both seen, Mm -hmm. I'll go back and watch that in her interviews and then we can talk about you can find the timestamp send me the timestamp because (laughs) i don't want to watch through that whole was it like a two hour video yeah okay you know what so here's what i'll do for next time i will write things down so that you know what i'm talking about when i talk about these specific instances okay because we're gonna if we're talking about evaluation and the kinds of things that you're looking at or maybe what these things might indicate, mm-hmm. it it's, it helps to know what we're looking at. So, yeah. So, it, these these response styles, these eye contact, all of that stuff is indicative of certain things or can be, mm-hmm. especially when put in the context of a larger behavior, which is yeah. why looking and- at what happened before when they were arrested, their psychological history, their mm-hmm. relationships, that's why that matters. Yeah, like, again, uh, criminals think they're smarter than they really are. They think yeah, their and they acting forget that, is better than yeah. it is. Well, and they, they take for granted, they like, oh, someone's coming to evaluate me. And they think that the evaluation starts when yeah. they walk in the room. That is highly incorrect. The evaluation starts before, yeah. long before they walk in the doors. They already know you. They know what to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I mean, they can be surprised, but they are already have pretty good idea of an established behavior or character. Yeah. And I think, again, going back to, like, observable actions versus documented behavior is, like, these actions are meant to be subconscious, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is very hard to maintain like a supposedly subconscious action constantly because it's subconscious but you're making it conscious you're doing it consciously because it's not real yeah right so and that's why even people who aren't mental health professionals this like true true crime aficionados <laughs> that's why you can listen to a 911 call and be like what like uh, you might not know what's happening but like and what what is that noise he is making? Yeah. Why does he sound like he's crying like that? <laughs> my favorite. My- I, my, he's not breathing. Oh my god, he's he's not breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally I'm sitting here like completely straight face, like making that sound. That's what I'm imagining <laughs> them doing. Just sitting there on their front porch or whatever, being like, "Oh my god, she's not bleeding. Oh my god, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Oh my like." literally shut up <laughs> my fa- my favorite my favorite 911 call okay <laughs> i say that this is a very serious thing and it is someone who potentially just killed someone and and it's not exactly funny in context but it is highly amusing to me as a form of someone who thinks they're tricking people that's it's funny to me because he thought this was a tr- that he was doing well oh, he no. literally was like oh my it <laughs> no amount of adhd will create this kind of reaction (laughs) he was like oh no she's dead i'm I'm sorry what were we talking about oh no (laughs) no (laughs) just like the the 911 person is like trying to ask them is she breathing is is she making any noise can you observe any like does it look like she 
isn't just regular questions when you're trying to understand the situation, mm-hmm. right? Have you tried to check a pulse? Have you done CPR? Just non random things like that. And the person's like answering the questions. Oh, how <laughs> he asks her, how is she? And then when he realizes that he's not exhibiting enough behavior that would be someone who is actually in distress would indicate he'd just be like oh no <laughs> oh no but it was whenever he remembered <laughs> it was oh in just outside of out of context just by itself it's like someone who their parents you know there are all those people who it was very obvious their parents told them they were good at something Mm-hmm. And they're very much so not like I used to watch the early seasons of American Idol mm-hmm. and especially in the early seasons, they would show a lot of auditions where people were the most confident about being terrible. Like that I'm the best singer and my mom always said I have a beautiful voice and they're like horrendous <laughs> singers. <laughs> Those are the ones who got a lot of airtime alongside the ones who are actually good. And it felt like an actor had come in for a reading mm-hmm. having been told they were the most amazing actor in the world oh yeah and had no idea what acting was <laughs> oh no she's dead oh god oh What's no that? send help is it gremlins that had that ridiculous oh no scene <laughs> i don't know but i know i'm pulling really strongly from the the tumblr oh do the thing <laughs> I went into the car and then there was a spider and I had to go somewhere else and I was really scared. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am the original person who made that voice effect. Just kidding. But like, it's pretty up. Yes, there are some times where people can be tricked and that being tricked is something that does come out eventually. There you can, like, no one can keep up a pretense forever. Yeah. it's a matter of how long do they do it, how well, who, or how mm, good they are at mm-hmm. certain lying behaviors. But even then, if they're very good at being deceptive, that can also indicate other things that the person, that any person might not realize it does. So what you're lying about, what things that you find out that you're lying about later, like fact checking if you do an interview and you're doing an evaluation mm-hmm. and you find out later that they lied about something, it can, the fact that they appeared to be deceptive about it or that that was something they lied about, that tells people or evaluators a lot more than people realize. Yeah. Again, like these are people who go to school for this shit and spend years and years actually putting it into practice. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just read about it. Sorry, I have to sneeze. Excuse me. What was I saying? Oh, no. <laughs> so these, these, are, <laughs> these are things that people study. And in this section, they also directly, what's the word I'm looking for? Cite the DSM diagnoses relevant to the referral questions. So okay. uh, I, I can talk about those examples and what that means next week. But it it does break down what I said, like those behaviors might indicate this or access one report diagnoses relevant to the issue of competency to proceed in mental state at the time of the fence. 
at the time of the offense. So it's it's very specific and this is not one of those areas where a lawyer can take certain behaviors and spin. Sorry, you said, I got distracted where, by the way you said lawyer. The way you said lawyer again. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying not to. It's just like it just stands Abuse. out so much. I'm being bullied. <laughs> I do not appreciate the adversarial nature of your words. <laughs> That is a competence question. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh-huh. Speaking of, I told you, I'm the queen of segues. <laughs> the, 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 the alleged oh. queen of segues. <laughs> the alleged queen of segues. <laughs> the queen of allegedly. Nah, right. No, I like the alleged queen of segues. Anyway, the next section is competence to proceed. So the evaluator is asked if the person they are evaluating. Mm-hmm appreciates the nature of the charges, appreciates possible penalties, appreciates, like you, I don't appreciate your adversarial nature about my pronunciation of lawyer. They (laughs) ask if they appreciate, if the the criminal, whoever they're evaluating in this case, appreciates the adversarial nature of the legal process, which is is quite (laughs) adversarial. (laughs) Ability to disclose pertinent facts to defense attorney, capacity for appropriate courtroom behavior, capacity to testify relevantly, and other factors. That's a fun one. The capacity to for appropriate courtroom behavior. It is very interesting to me to hear who is allowed to be present at their own court proceedings <laughs> and who is not. Well, because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. It It's kind of funny in a way because it's like, like, if they don't even understand what's happening, you might as well not have them there. <laughs> well, I mean, that is a factor where that would be important. But things like Ted Bundy, if he had not been res- representing himself, mm-hmm. you know he would have interrupted and talked. There are times where you hear courtroom coverage and the defendant cannot be quiet. Yep. Yep. It is inappropriate behavior. It's like it's like us, but like worse and sociopathic. (laughs) Well, we get off on tangents. We yes, but we at the same time, regardless of tendencies to get distracted, can sit still long enough to go through a court proceeding without acting like crazy, without acting like someone who has insufficient respect for certain events and places yes that is and also we are not so full of ourselves that we constantly have to be like mansplaining at lawyers (laughs) and doctors and whoever else is there i might mansplain a doctor ted bundy's ted bundy's self-defense oh god that is a gold mine yeah again Outside of the context of him being a serial murderer. Yeah. Though his actions on their own are, I don't know if hilarious is a word that I want to use. <laughs> it is, it's hilarious in the way that it's just, is a real person acting like this? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's funny in that way that it's just implausible. It is implausible behavior or that he thinks he's acting in a way that, 
is very different from how it's being perceived. That is what I find interesting. Yeah, well, like, even tying it back to my little half-hour-long story in the beginning, it, it's <laughs> like, like, in, in his mind, this dude was like, I'm being nice to this person. They have to be friends with me. Like, I'm being so nice. The fact that she's not being a friend to me, like, the fact that she missed this one detail, like, she's the worst person in the world. Like, well, it's, my it's behavior is 100% normal, is I think the kind of, yeah, like. It's more than that. That, to me, that means, again, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. In his head, yeah. this is how a nice person behaves. Yeah. A nice person will remember these things. A nice person will act like this. So when anyone deviates from that expected behavior, then he has no idea how to adapt to that or yeah. doesn't understand what's happening. So that is a whole different problem than social cues to me. Yeah, that's, well, again, like, it, it, in a similar, I'm not calling him a sociopath. Like, I, I'm not going to stretch that far. Oh, but it's. I wouldn't say that. It's, it's just like that not, not understanding other people as people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, that's when your behavior becomes very obvious. Like, you know, we talk about sociopaths learning how to act and be charming and stuff. but like. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, it's not that they can actually understand what the other person is thinking. It's that they are rationalizing it to like, like they've, they're breaking it down into like a step by step almost mm-hmm. rather than actually understanding. So they'll see like instead, like, I mean, with this guy, like he literally had like a three step, you know, procedure, but like, yeah, like a sociopath who can under like look at people and kind of see where things are going it's more like like a flow chart right it's like well i'm gonna say this this person what is their reaction if their reaction is this then this if their reaction is Mm. this then that like i think in, in the in the vein of sociopathic behavior i think looking at cult leaders and how they behave is a very good example of that only because it's so exaggerated and pronounced that it's easily easily caught if that makes sense by someone on the outside looking in yeah the the people who tend to display these sociopathic characteristics truly believe that they are better or there's something special about Mm -hmm. them and because of that they see everyone else as easily manipulated puppets really or like they're just too stupid to catch these things i need to do xyz to get x results and so if they they're talking to someone Mm -hmm. and say it's a a male cult leader who is straight and thinks he has this miraculous effect on women right so the first time they (laughs) encounter a woman who doesn't conform to their worldview they often have very strong exaggerated very often violent reactions to Mm -hmm. someone who does not fall in line with what they expect to be happening so i mean that or in some cases they get cowed like that one guy i worked with for some reason he thinks he's god's (laughs) gift to women while also being simultaneously misogynistic and just gross in general like i was describing the smell of club ciela pneumoniae which 
smells disgusting. It it just it smells like like old like old sweat and like must like hey. like if you had a damp towel that you just let sit there and then you lift it and it smells like that moldy smell. Oh god. It's not it's not a mold, but like that's kind of what it smells like and then someone just goes, "Oh, that just smells like him." That one guy. Yeah, oh, and I'm like, no. "Oh my god, it does." He's generally like gross. He's not the the sharpest tool in the shed, but he like he'll make these awful jokes and a lot of people just to keep from rocking the boat at work will just like nervously mm. laugh it off. Like one of the girls I went to school with who worked at the same hospital as me, the other hospital, like she I I know her personality. She's kind of like <laughs> like she kind of laughs it off. But there's a point when yeah. I will not laugh it off. So there's been times when I have given him my very rare bitch face. I say very rare. It's not that rare. But like, you know, the, pe- <laughs> the people at, that I work with now, they're like, I have, I cannot imagine a bitch face on you. I'm like, one day, maybe. I think it's intentionally rare. Like, you doing it intentionally is rare. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, he, like, he just says something dumb and I just... Like when I have a bitch face, though, I think it is very effective. So I I give them bitch face, and after that, like he he's a lot less of an asshole to me <laughs> because he's like, oh, I can't get away with it with her. So like, yeah, I don't think I have <laughs> my my bitch face. My version of a bitch face is a blink stare. <laughs> no, I have I have a I'll have to muster it, but like I have a really good bitch face. I like. If I'm actually pissed off at someone, like, it comes really easily. But anyway, like, the whole point is he he thinks, like, because he has this learned behavior and it's been reinforced mm. to tell him that it's okay. You know, with, with like, quote-unquote successful serial killers, I really hate the word successful, but, you know, people who manage to actually kill a lot and get away from yeah, the, the police terminology for a long time. the terminology's not that great. <laughs> yeah. But, like, in their minds, it's successful, right? So, yeah, like... Their idea of being superior is reinforced, and then they meet like someone who's like, "Yeah, f- fuck this shit." They don't. They like don't really know what to do, so they just grab everything they know about human behavior and then explode with it. Yeah, the those tend to be the scarier. The reactions that you see are that are more gruesome. Yeah, because it, it's quite. Ooh. It's not great. That's the one I have a hard time joking about so much if, like, in particular talking about serial killers who kill someone who fights or does something that they deviate from that mm-hmm. normal or expected pattern of behavior. Because it, when it comes down to it is that the people with those kind of tendencies, they are trying to reassert dominance mm-hmm. and to reassert whatever kind of dominance they thought or perceived to have themselves to have is often a violent yeah. action. And which is my problem is that I am a very spiteful person when pushed. <laughs> so it's like if you like if your tiny dick syndrome is like <laughs> so in the way, it's like, no, I'm not like a lot of the times it's like I'm just gonna comply because I can't be bothered to deal with an argument or whatever. But sometimes mm-hmm. if it really pisses me off, I'm like, I'm going to be extra like defiant just because out of spite it's a problem (laughs) like like kickboxing if there's like a really cocky dude 
who thinks he's so oh. amazing and like he really isn't like there are there are people who are actually very like you know they're very athletic and i'd be like yeah no like they work hard and a lot of the times they're not actually cocky but if there's like a really cocky dude who like just started kickboxing and thinks this is so easy because it's a bunch of women in here that's when i flip and i'm like I'm tired from work, but I'm going to go so hard during this workout because this dude needs to know I can break his jaw with a single hook. But anyway, I think I think in in that particular if we're going to use that particular example, the best way to describe that or the I guess this is a pretty good way to look at it. If you have to tell me you're a nice person or if you have to tell me you're a nice guy, you're probably not. And yeah. criminals don't seem to understand that either yeah i would never hurt someone yeah mm, you just you're creeping me out i don't know i didn't ask i'm fine i'm fine if i walked in i mean like when (laughs) when that guy said like i'm like i'm sorry i'm not trying to be creepy i say i i can understand it though like from even a normal person because some guys are astute enough to be aware that like whatever they're gonna say is going to come off a little bit creepy because they're approaching a woman sitting by herself. I mean, it wasn't an open environment. It was daytime. Like, it's not a threatening situation. But I can kind of understand being like, I, I swear I'm not, like, being a creep. I just, like, because, yeah. again, I can't, I don't know how to approach people, so I wouldn't know how to do it either. <laughs> yeah, and and to be fair, like, there's a lot of context that goes into it. I just have certain things that I look out for. Mm-hmm. And I was when you when you get more selective, you also have to be okay with the fact that that means that you won't have as many potential suitors. That's fine. I don't act in my life according, like I'm always wanting to find a life partner. According <laughs> to my coworker, I have transcended beyond. She's like, you don't like. We're not going to find you a man we, for anyone. She's like, we don't need to find you a man. We need to find you a demigod. And I'm like, because that's the kind of oh thing my I do. I have transcended. I truly and honestly. <laughs> I truly and honestly think that everyone should transcend treating everyone like potential mates because if you really want to find someone that you actually mesh with, you, that is not the way to do it. If you treat yeah. everyone like their potential date, partner, whatever, you're not going to get someone who's specifically good for you. Yeah, you're going to lower your expectations because you're going to try to, is it called pigeonhole? Is that the right term? Like trying to smush that person into the mold of who you think they should be? Oh, I, I don't think that's the right term, but I know what you're talking about. Is that? But what's you're putting the, your expectations on the them. <laughs> like when you try to make something work. Other than expectation. Oh, like trying to stick a, the, the square peg into a round hole type thing. There is a like singular word that I'm going to think of it in the middle of the night. And it's I would like to say again that I am from Arkansas and the South is known for its not very long phrases <laughs> for these types of things. But basically, yes. And also, um, this is not a relationship advice podcast, so we should probably <laughs> go back to the topic. Yeah, I mean, 
No, that's really it. The last section okay. of an, a mental health report is your recommendations. Okay. So you take, hypothetically, you take all of the information that you've been able to gather or has provide, been provided to you. You take your own evaluating material from assessments or, or like preferably assessments, not assessment. And assessment. you write specifically... Do you think that they can testify in court? Do you think that this accusation lines up with the behavior they're indicating? It Depending on what you're looking at and what kind of case procedure, why you are being asked to evaluate said person, the responses and recommendations can be different. But that is how you end the report. Yeah, I do remember. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this maybe during one of the witness, the expert witness episodes. but. You know that project I had when I had to go sit in court and take notes? So there was one case. I don't remember the specifics, but it was actually a forensic psychologist who was testifying. And, like, they called for a break. So we we left the, the room just to, like, stretch our legs. And the, the psychologist who was testifying was also out there. So me and my, my classmate were like, do you think we can, like, pick his brain? <laughs> Obviously, he couldn't comment on the case itself because it's yeah, literally... and you can never comment on a yeah. current case. But we kind of just asked, like, you or know, what kind case, of sorry. yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, it was the case that's currently on break right now for fifteen minutes, yeah. so can't comment on that. But we just kind of asked, like, so what he was testifying on, I think, was it? It wasn't a parole thing. I think maybe it was a sentencing. Because he was mm. testifying on the possibility of the defendant recommitting the crime or. Oh, yeah. OK, so that is something that you are an expert or specifically a mental health professional can be asked evaluating. Yeah. If someone has is at risk of repeated offenses. Yeah. And that's even outside of criminal things. Like, is this behavior something that someone is going to repeat? Mm -hmm. So he he did mention like, again, this was many years ago so i don't remember the specifics of our conversation but he did say like he he kind of gave like a, a background on himself like what his qualifications were because obviously we didn't sit in for him to be sworn in as an expert witness because we we're asking like you know what kind of like how do you get into testifying at court in your profession and that kind of thing and he talked about like the kind of stuff that he looked at like the the i was gonna say patient history i'm like no i gotta switch my brain for a second not patient history, the defendant's history mm. and like the nature of the previous convictions, like the crimes that he was previously convicted for, his behavior in jail and like the, the kind of things that you you just went through, like all those little things. And, and also he didn't mention any kind of like current observations because obviously any kind of evaluation would have been done before the actual hearing, right? Yeah. But I do remember him talking about that. So that is one of those things that would be used. And like, he probably was testifying on a written report. Obviously, you pulled yours from like Florida and I'm in an yeah. entirely different country. So it's probably and I and that was just the guidelines for Florida's what their report should look like. Yeah. So like the the nature of the report was probably different. But like, I think that would have still been entered as some kind of evidence. So, yeah. That was, it was interesting. And I was very glad he wasn't weirded out by the two of us asking. <laughs> well, I mean, especially with you being students. I yeah. Think you probably aren't the first students. Probably. I mean, I'm sure he's like, 
like because that the it's the same project for pretty much every year i think so Mm. even if he hasn't like seen a student personally he probably knows like it's a thing that happens anywho yeah is that it that's that's that we're at almost two hours (laughs) how many how many of those was us losing our mind in the middle i don't know who knows? Would you like to give us your social media, Natalie's? Your social media, sure. Natalie's? I would very, <laughs> I would very much like to. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> My social media from a person who says lawyer because she's from Arkansas is some kind of brown and some kind of oh no, kind of Natalie. Oops. <laughs> kind of Natalie for my personal Instagram. Some kind of brown for my other podcasts and related things. You can find and oh. yes, somewhat on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Forensic Friends Podcast. And I mean the Forensic Friends Twitter, which is at Forensic Fiends, still exists. <laughs> oh god. It's there. It's just <laughs> I look. I've had a week, okay? It's been a week. And if you would still like the challenge of trying to find me on social media, go for it. Like I said, I don't really post much on there. <laughs> Occasionally, I post stuff. For rollerblading content? Yeah. Roller skating. It's cuter. Oh, sorry. Roller skating. Cuter. <laughs> and the occasional post from work where you get to see... Roller skating in lab content. Yes. And dog. <laughs> you can And dog, yes. Anywho. The dog who's convinced she can talk. She can talk. What are you talking about? <laughs> she absolutely talks. I just don't understand yeah, just her. just like Valkyrie thinks. Yeah, just like Valkyrie thinks that meowing is a form of communication with human beings. It's fine. Yeah. It, look, you've heard her. She talks. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has heard her by this point. <laughs> Our neighbor. This is a first recording, actually, where Valkyrie has not interrupted us at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's weird. No wonder we were losing it's our minds. because Emma is here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have a, an idea of the passing of time with Valkyrie getting increasingly upset that she wasn't getting attention. <laughs> oh, my God. I think she's... What were we... Ridiculous. We were calling... Oh, we were calling... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Huh? Let's end this recording. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Or unless that was something you want in the recording. It could be in the recording. <laughs> it's a funny dog story. Everyone loves those. Okay, 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 okay. We were calling some kind of government agents. It might have been, like, the employment insurance people or something. Like, I was helping my parents out. And I'm trying to listen to this person talk. And I have them on speaker because they needed verbal confirmation from whichever parent it was. It was probably my aunt. And the mm-hmm. second I put her on speaker, my dog decides to talk. And yep. the phone is just silent because the person on the other line was like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? And I'm like, hello, you're still there? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, that was my dog. It's okay. She's a husky. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. And they're like, okay. Sure. <laughs> <Not a> Precious. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.